Welcome to the Unfiltered Podcast with me, special guest host, Dr. Johnny Reese, and powered by Ultimate Performance, the world's premier personal training experience that delivers maximum results in minimum time. In each episode of the Unfiltered Podcast, we speak to the most respected, celebrated, and controversial experts in the fields of health, fitness, nutrition, well-being, and performance to help you find the life-changing advice you need to live smarter. Remember, you can find all our exclusive unfiltered documentaries, video interviews, and investigations at unfilteredonline.com and the Unfiltered Extra YouTube channel. And now, on with the show. I don't usually struggle for words. I'm not usually a guy who kind of has difficulty in in explaining, articulating myself, but describing you to people is extremely difficult. So (laughs) I was wondering, as a kind of first question, how will you describe yourself? Um, I, I guess uh, I would say that I just reinvent myself. Like I, I uh, I'm a super passionate guy, and that lasts for about like seven to ten years, where I'm just on fire for like something, and then literally, um. I'll walk into wherever the situation is. Like I walk into a job that like I was super passionate about for like seven or 10 years and be like, this is done. This is over. It's time for me to do something else. And it it will literally be like a day that I'll feel that. And I will literally from that day forward, I will start being like, where's the focus going? Where's it going to be? Almost like Lord of the Rings, like the eyes focusing and it. Once it finds the next thing, then everything in my life starts to shift around to like become oriented all towards whatever the next goal is and literally for whatever reason uh i i don't know i still don't know i never knew what i wanted to be when i grew up i still don't know and so like literally every seven to ten years i'm like well why don't i just change everything and i'm I'm, i always lived by uh the saying like you must be willing to sacrifice everything you are for everything you can become and uh I, I grew up around a bunch of inspirational quotes and all that stuff. I mean, I grew up in like the eighties, the nineties, like that was the whole Anthony Robbins was like huge, like yeah. Zig Ziglar, all those things, you know, and people truly believe that like you could be anything that you wanted to be if you worked hard enough and you, you believed and visualized. And I still believe a lot of that, you know what I mean? And um, man, I, I, I grew up around quotes, but I was always like, man, people say stuff all the time, but you don't see a whole lot of people live that. And when, when I saw, Someone say you need to be able to like lay it all out there and walk away from the other life. Like just walk away. You have to be willing to do it. And uh, at, at every time in my life when there has come to a point where I needed to make a change, that's always what it came up to. And uh, every single time it, is, it has served me well to be willing to to throw it all out there and and without a safety net either. Because if you have a safety net, that's awesome. But it also allows you to fail without trouble, right? Like I always had to kind of be in a situation where I was like, I, I mean, I I quit my government job, which was like a very nice, steady paycheck, good insurance, good everything. I I walked away from all of that to start a to, to start a gym for a sport that competes in parking lots that I've been doing for like six months. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, everyone's like, "What are you doing?" Like, I don't know, but this is so much more exciting to me than like, like doing the same thing again, you know, and I was ready for a change. And when the change popped up, I was like, well, you know what? I've been looking for something. This door just got open. I seem to be okay at it. This kind of makes sense for my life. So I'm going to walk right through despite like what, what everyone in my life says, you know? It's- so I, w- I would just say that I'm somebody who every seven to 10 years becomes a completely new individual. It's pretty inspiring to see, you know, from early on with the karate school and, and you yeah. know, being a third degree black belt and then yeah. a, an MMA athlete. And then, as you yeah. said, the, the personal training and then the counterterrorism stuff and then the strong man. So I guess that we kind of segued onto this early on, but like we must be approaching that seven to 10 year mark now, right? We are. We are. So <laughs> is, is there something that's that's in the mind that's kind of like, you know, where there you might is. be going there there definitely is i mean um for literally the past 30 years of my life i've been trying to figure out this meat vehicle and trying to make it like as powerful as explosive as like efficient as i can make it and you've done um, a pretty good job of that in fairness like <laughs> i've tried i've tried with like everything from like martial arts and like 
trying to be well-rounded as well as just not like, I didn't want to just be like a huge bodybuilder or nothing, yeah. but like a powerlifter, a bench specialist, or I always wanted to be useful from even like my alpha T nation days, like back in that time, the training was always about being effective at whatever life's going to throw you. Like before CrossFit was CrossFit, it was like CrossFit for stronger, you know what I mean? Like I wanted to be a little stronger than CrossFit guys, yeah, but like, yeah. I love the idea of like having to be able to, be able to do a lot of things and uh i totally i totally lost where we're going what, what are we talking about well no like just because so we've <laughs> gone through a little bit of your career and like you know you have this like seven to ten year kind of yes, way you yes, start yes. To transition so so uh everything like powerlifting bodybuilding all that worked into strongman because that seemed like the most functional and then even from strongman now, I'm like, what out of strongman actually makes sense and what stuff is going to hurt me over the long run? Yeah. And uh, figuring out what I can do as I get older. And now my brain's going, you figured out the the physical side. Like, you know how to make, I've made world champions. I currently coach world champions. Like, I know how to do that. I don't understand the mental side as well as I'd like. And the classic saying of like training is 90, 99% mental, whatever whatever statistic people want to throw out I think you're living proof of a lot of that as well, right? I'm trying, right? And so now I'm like, I'm going to go back to school. I'm I'm signed up for grad school. I was actually visiting college today um, to kind of get the whole psychology side of it. And uh, I'm working in being a counselor, being a therapist for guys who don't go to counselors or therapists, you know, because there are guys like my friends. I have a whole environment of guys who like, need help with certain things and will never go to help because of what help currently looks like. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, there's a hole, there's a gap. I'm passionate about it. My wife is a therapist. Yep. So I'm like, I already kind of have an in. We talk about it a lot anyway. It's going to complement the physical side with the mental side of the training. And I'll be able to help a lot of people that otherwise would not get help unless they were a guy who looked like me and talked like me, you know? Yeah, I think that just like you walking into the room just adds the credibility, right? Rather than just some kind of book smart character or some guy. The fact that you've been there and done it and then now you're talking about it and helping other people just like you've, you know, helped them physically and what I'd love to talk about in a minute that, you know, with mindset, but even going beyond that with the mental health stuff, I think that's, that's so powerful and that's such a great way to kind of, contribute in, in such a meaningful way as well to people's lives and there's a need right there's a need and if there wasn't a need then yeah, yeah. i wouldn't be doing it but there's definitely a need so and i think actually my youtube stuff is also going to transition as well to not only still talking about the physical stuff but also the mental side of like not so much as like uh i've, I've already covered how to squat a million times yeah. like i can make you squat right but like why don't you squat? Why is it scary to like challenge yourself when you get near one rep maximum and it feels like the weight's going to crush you? Like, why is competition scary? What's going on? How can you be as powerful as possible in certain moments and learn how to like psychologically create triggers and anchors so that you can be in the best psychological state possible when you're in a competition setting? Like all those things are are the next step, right? And that's Absolutely, the step yeah. that I'm trying to take. And it's just a step that a lot of people aren't taking yet. You know what I mean? And I'm like, I, I'm, I'm trying. That's what I'm passionate about. As uh, we've always talked about mindset of things, so it's it's the next logical game plan. It really is, and like the mindset thing, the, and the mindset kind of challenges that they've been up on you. You know, you've been talking about that for, for yeah. probably a decade, right? I mean, a long ever since you started right. actually facing the camera and not not covering your face and all that. Like it's been. Yeah. hundred percent. It's been a theme. They, they were the mindset challenges. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. I was just going to say the mindset stuff, although the obvious physical, you know, he's a strong man stuff, you know, the mindset has actually been a theme kind of overarching throughout. It's just yeah. now becoming more prominent, as you said. And, and I think um, like the mindset challenges in themselves, a lot of people, uh, basically, they're for people who don't know, aren't associated, and don't know what I'm about. It's uh, doing hard things for the sake of doing hard things, right? Like one of my favorite mindset challenges: you pick any implement, like a sandbag, or pick a <clears throat> pick a heavy kettlebell, right? And take seven o'clock, walk out ten minutes as far as you possibly can with that kettlebell. Put it down, rest five minutes, bring it back in less time than it took you, right? And don't sandbag it. Like you got a for real push on the way out. 
yeah, and you learn something about yourself. And people are like, that's stupid. How's that help my hamstring hypertrophy? And I'm like, it doesn't, dummy, but it trains your mind, right? And like, and that will training your mind. And, and I mean, there's so few things in your life where you get the opportunity to really test yourself in that kind of way, right? Because you're pushing yourself to a point of quitting. Now, physically, physical exhaustion is a really good thing because it very much mimics a sympathetic nervous system in like a fight or flight response type of mode. And so like you start to train deeply. That's why every special forces, every like SWAT team, every counterterrorism unit is doing things very, very physically hard because they understand that if you learn how to push into that when it's like that, it also kind of kicks over into other areas of life. It just bleeds over, right? A lot of people don't believe that. But um, I will tell you in my own life from my own anecdotal evidence, uh, there are plenty of things in my life that I've used certain physical challenges that I've had as literal milestones and been like, you know what? I just got crushed with a phone call at like 2 a.m. on a Tuesday, right? And sitting there going, I never, I, I can't get past this. I can't do it. I can't do it. And I have milestones in my life where like, I was like, there have been times when you were a broken man standing saying, I cannot keep going. I cannot keep going. And I do. Right. And that, that's something you look back on and you're like, I didn't think I could keep going then. I didn't think I'd keep going now. How did I do it? I did it one rep at a time, one second at a time, one minute at a time, one workout at a time, one step, all those things. And those are lessons that I've been able to trigger back to from other areas of my life. And if I didn't do that mind training, maybe I would have done the same thing. I don't know, but I can tell you, it feels like I'm in a room that I've been in before, right? When like things are crashing around and I'm sitting there going, when everyone else is like losing their minds and I'm going, I understand what my body's going through right now. And I understand how to battle it and the tunnel vision and all the sympathetic nervous responses that, that are going on the auto, audio exclusion and everything yeah same thing happens when you're deep deep in hard workout and uh i i don't know it's a room that i would rather be comfortable in so that when bad things are going off i am not going what is happening versus i understand completely physiologically i've been here before i understand the challenges let's work through it let's get the job done anyway Right. Yeah, and I think this that's why I do mindset challenges. No, totally. And I, the the value is, you know, I I've done a few of your mindset challenges and I've trained a lot, I competed in strongman and like you know, even someone who's done a lot of training like that, you still get something out of it every time. And you think I've done like 20 of them before. Even the 21st one, right. you get something out of it. Yeah. And I think every you've mentioned time. this, you've mentioned this before, but like and a lot of people have said this, but, you know, being comfortable, being uncomfortable, right? Yeah. But you really live that and demonstrate that. Plenty of people have said it, right? That's not an original quote, but it's yeah. how you live and how you, like, deal with everyday stuff. That kind of is a, you know, I don't know many people who who kind of epitomize that quite how, how you do. So That's like the nicest thing anyone's ever said, man. Thank you. <laughs> well, on that. I really do appreciate people. Like I, I, there's a book out now called the comfort crisis that, uh, that's like the new, like atomic habits book, that, like everyone's going to read. Yeah. Um, and it, it talks about all this, about like how you need to choose. I, my wife and I talk a lot about like imagery and, and metaphors and stuff like that. And you think about like trees and roots and like, if a tree doesn't grow strong roots, if it doesn't have wind to like fight against, like you need resistance. Like if you help a, a butterfly out of its little, like, cocoon thing then it 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 doesn't get the strength that it needs like it yeah we need challenges and like we live in a world where like our every bit of our environment is controlled like from the temperature to where our food is to like what temperature the food is to what we want to eat you don't need to leave the couch to get food anymore and it's like if you don't instill some sort of hard in your life then you're going to get soft and if you're soft that's fine there's nothing wrong with being soft until hard things come and, and they'll find you eventually, right? You, that's fine. Yeah. Right. And, and they always do because hard things are just, it's part of life. Everyone's going to suffer, you know? I mean, everybody's going to suffer. And as you said, that. so I'd encourage everybody just to type in Brian Alzru's Suffer Beautifully. That video is, yeah. is awesome. Like, I think it's- If it's there's one thing I want to be known for, it's that video. Okay. Like, well, out of everything great. in my life, it's that video. And it's up there kind of front and center on your YouTube yeah. channel, right? So and I, I refuse encourage- to change it. 
I refuse to change it because of that. No, no. Like, why, why should you? It's, it's, it's the best video on YouTube, no. right? Like, why would you? Yeah, 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 it's, yeah. It's my favorite video on YouTube. So I would encourage everybody to just look at that before you watch the rest of this. Just, just stop for a second. Take a look at that. So you've talked about hard things a lot, right? And if anybody's qualified yeah. to talk about hard things, it's Brian Alzaru, I think. Like, I won't get, I've got pages of notes in front of me, but, and I'm not going to get all of them, but you know, you have dealt with a lot of setbacks from, you know, breaking your back twice to the schistomyosis parasite to still dealing with it. Well, exactly. Like he's 30 to 50 times a day vomiting, right? Like, yeah, now now I throw up a handful of times a day, like three times a day on average, I'd say. But still, that's a bad day for most people. And that's a, you know, if I throw up three times today, I'd be, you know, I I wouldn't be having a good day. (laughs) And like right. just other injuries, like a bone marrow infection. I mean, like yeah, that was kicking nuts. Yeah, you, you've had a lot of stuff. You know, recently the shoulder injury. I mean, you've yeah. had a lot of injuries. You've had a lot of difficulty. A brain tumor, right? That's still there. I'm assuming. Yeah, that's where it all started. Yeah. And then something that I can relate to. <laughs> it well, sounds yeah. so terrible when you say it like this. Well, I know I don't mean for it to be like, but like, a you know, you, you always keep going forward. So it's this, it's this really incredible for however strong you are, however much you can deadlift, however heavy that Atlas stone is. The mental strength is is just you know something else. So what I wanted to ask you is, and, and this is something I can relate to a lot. The the one thing that I have a, a tiny insight is this idea, or well, is this chronic insomnia, right? I am not a good sleeper. And I know that it's something that a lot of people, especially in, in our my audience, in our audience, like really high achieving type A people, you know, because you can drill yourself to train. You can drill yourself to eat well. You can drill yourself yeah. to like keep going, right? To study, to work, whatever it is. You can't really drill yourself to sleep. You can't really like force yourself. Uh, obviously you can take a load of drugs, but within reason, you can't, right. do, do you know what I mean? So like, yeah, you can't one, train yourself to shut it down. Totally, yeah. One of the ways that I've really been inspired by you is, you know, often I won't get much sleep. And most people would just give up and be like, I'm not going to train. But then you're stronger than I am. You do more training than I do. Like, you probably sleep less than I do. How, how, do, you, how do you deal with that? Like, how do, how do you get through? Does it all become insignificant with the fact that you've had a brain tumor and a broken back and a parasite? Or because it pre-existed all of that stuff, right? Yes. Um, so the sleep problem actually comes from a childhood trauma. Uh, right. So I don't I don't know better, right? Like when people are like, when was the last time you slept through the night? I was like, I was probably like five years old uh, because there was like a home invasion type of situation when I was, it was like a really scary situation. And uh, ever since literally that that moment, I changed. And I never slept again, right? And when I do sleep, I can't sleep in a bed. I can't sleep in like a room. I need sleep in front of like the the front door where someone's going to come through. Like, it's just what I need to do. Uh, and so I've always dealt on very very low sleep when other people. But even when uh, when I would be doing low sleep stuff, I've always had good people in my life where I can remember uh, I was a like this was like late high school, early college time when I was doing construction. And really was not sleeping much at all and doing things that like you do in like high school, early college, just partying and being whatever. Yeah. But I had a training partner that every single day I would get home from my construction job and I would call him and be like, like old school call, like on a real phone with a cord and stuff, you know, the and landline. call him and be like, yeah. yeah, landline. Right. And I was always like, hey, man, um, do you want to go to the gym? Because he he was also working hard and he would come home. And this guy was a psycho. Like I'm a psycho for like not skipping out on things and being disciplined and stuff. And this guy can't miss. Like he's one of those guys, right? Like yeah, can't yeah. Miss. he's just, this is what I do. This is what I do. And uh, so every single day I'd call him be like, please say, please say no, please say no. And I call him and he'd be like, I'm going if you want to go. And I had to drive. He couldn't drive at the time. So that started it. And then from there it became like a, uh, it became like a point of pride. Like if, if, in school, I remember like two years, I got perfect attendance and it wasn't because I wanted to be at school that much. It was because I had not missed enough that I was like, you're too close. You can't miss now. Like you're, you're close. And that's how it always was. I was like, when everyone else will refuse to go, I'll get up and go just yeah. now, just because you didn't, you know I mean? Just, just to like be like, well, I'm, I'm winning now because, because other people, 
it's snowing, it's raining, it's stupid, it's whatever. And a lot of times I look back and I'm like, you probably shouldn't have gone to the gym when like you had the cold and like snot was falling out of your face, but you're <laughs> grabbing barbells and stuff. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, but I was that guy. I was like, you're never too sick. You're never too, it's never too bad out. It's never whatever, go get it done. And uh, then when you, you, you claim that online, right? Like when I was Alpha T Nation. Oh yeah, nobody. I remember talking to people and they'd be like, yeah, but he, he throws out these numbers and like, he's probably pretty strong, but, and then you started posting with the, with the face covered because of the, the terrorism job, yep. but like, it was like, oh no, he's, those are real plates. Like, yeah, he's, he's moving that yeah. way. Yep. All right. Fine. Okay. Yeah. He's, he's doing it. Yep. It was in that world because prior to that, but I was just the strongest guy in gold, right? Which at the time meant that you could deadlift like 455. Right. It was like a, a good number at the time. It wasn't like now. And uh, I remember looking online and seeing guys deadlift like 500 pounds at like 150 pounds. And I was like, no, number one, I was like, he's on steroids. There's no way that's possible. He's on steroids, just like yeah. everyone else does. Right. Yeah. yeah. But it's because I didn't understand. I didn't understand the world yet. You know what I mean? I was like, there are people who do things that are literally like ant strength type of power. And, uh, but that it opened my ceiling. I was like, oh, people are stronger than they are at like my little Maryland's golds and and realized like what was possible out there. And immediately my numbers started just flying up and I started registering on one things. And I always stayed athletic when I did it. I never stopped doing athletic things. And I think I attribute a lot of my still ability to do what I do because of that. Yeah. Right. Like I never stopped them. This is my dog, by the way. <laughs> That's Kona. Oh, yeah, yeah yeah no He's that's i think i think that's so cool like i think yeah. and the fact that you can still i don't know how much you weigh now obviously it, it varies a bit but like doing muscle ups and like you know the 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 human flag thing and like and yeah. what, two 240 two fit i don't know how much you weigh. yeah right? i think that's where i'm around. i haven't had a scale for a very long time so i, yeah. I changed houses and uh once i moved kind of like to the wilderness i kind of got rid of the scale and just never so now people are like, how much do you weigh? I'm like 230-ish, yeah. sometimes a little fatter up to like 240-ish, sometimes a little skinnier down to like 225-ish. But for the most part, I'm right around like competition weight where like I used to compete was 231. I never, it was my life blew up trying to get above that up 273. And then I got sick with the parasite and dropped to 207 in like, a month <laughs> like it was drastic yeah, and uh that's when i would talk and my voice was all burnt out from all the bile and stuff so yeah yeah that's i mean the the way you've just kind of recovered from each of these setbacks though is just i mean what goes through your head like if something bad happens and like you know say i mean the shoulder stuff is comparatively minor compared to what you've gone through but like the bone marrow infection or the broken back or like didn't you compete with like a, a torn up, like the ligaments and tendons in your feet had snapped and then your your toe would like dislocate and yeah. Like, what goes <laughs> my toe your still head? looks terrible. Yeah. Well, I dropped a, um, I dropped a heavy weight on my toe, so I understand. Like uh yeah, I dropped a bit of everything. Yeah, exactly. But um I uh yeah, I don't how do know. You I, I think I grew up in a household where you weren't um you weren't really allowed to stop. I remember doing construction because my dad owns a construction company. And by my dad owning a construction company means he and I were the company. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And uh, which meant that I we did everything. And uh, I remember I was nailing on a piece of baseboard, like trim in a house, like baseboard. And uh, dummy me shot a nail gun and it went through the baseboard, hit a plate, came back and went through my thumb, Ugh. out through my my fingernail was all curled, right? Like the nail was because of it hitting the thing. And I pulled my hand away and it was like six o'clock in the morning. It was not a time, right? And I remember I grabbed it and, and ripped it out and it's just bleeding and that through your thumbnail sucks, you know? Yeah. That's and uh, so literally I pierced my thumb and I'm thinking, I'm off work for the day. Sweet. I just got off work today. And I remember, remember my dad grabbing black electrical tape, wrapping around my thumb and being like, we still have like all, we can go home. We can go to the doctor after all this. But like, that's how my dad was, right? Like it was never, you don't go to the doctor. You don't, the it took me forever to find out about the brain tumor because I want to go to the doctor. And like, <clears throat> anyway, I, I just grew up like that. So now 
when stuff happens, it's such I treat um even when it was like dur- during Alpha Teen Nation days, I would say I would call my workouts Alpha's work. Yeah. Because I don't look at it as like, oh, we're doing training or we're working out. Like if you look at my workouts, it looks like I could be building a stone wall or doing a workout, right? Like it's manual labor is what I do. And so yep. I always looked at it like that. I come from a blue collar family, like farm type of mentality. And like when you decide to go in and you do work, you don't stop to eat. You don't stop to talk. You're certainly not on social media. Like you work, you go <laughs> yeah. in and you do work. And it, if you get hurt, you stop when the work's done. You don't stop because you're hurt. There's still work to be done. And that's just how it's always been. And so no matter how many times I step back, I still, I'm probably too stupid to like <laughs> realize it, right? But I'll just, I will bang my head against the wall until the wall gives. I I will on, like we said, like every seven to 10 years, I completely drop everything and start something new. And it's not because I'm like gifted at this certain thing. It's like, I feel like this is where I'm supposed to go. Start hitting your head against the wall until <laughs> that wall comes down and Hopefully you, you can do something cool with it and help some people, you know? That's it's pretty cool though to see like the you know that you've hit these pretty high spots in all sorts of different walks of life. And I think, you know I'm weird, man. <laughs> yeah. It's it's I mean it's, it's I'm really fascinated to see what what's next. But so I think I. this idea of like the frame of reference, as you said, like you were watching people who are 150 pounds deadlifting five hundred, and you're like, Oh wow, okay. So like 500 is clearly possible. Like how, how high can we go? I, I had this courtesy actually of you and your wife the other day. So I hadn't done nice. any strongman training for a while, like a yeah. long time. Um, and I got a sandbag cause you know, preparing for this interview, it's like, I'm going to try and do some sandbag stuff. I'd used a lot of other strongman implements. So like I'd done everything from the log to like Atlas stones competing and, and, and even training a bit, but I got nice. a, a sandbag. Right. And, I'm about 200 in, in American, like 210, 220. I got sure. a 200 pound sandbag. Yep. I was like, yeah. How humbling was that? <laughs> brutal. Like, do you know what really got brutal. me? Brutal. It's like, how much can I deadlift? And you're like, it's 200, it's 200 pounds. It's not even my body weight. That's like right. nothing on a bar. Right. Do you know what really got to me that makes me throw it around now? You were like, oh, my 100 pound wife, she throws around the 200 pound sandbag. And I was yep. like, ah. Oh, Pretty, pretty embarrassing then really, isn't it? So, uh, yeah. Man, I will say I need to apologize to a couple of people because I have said that to people. Like, because people will be like, No, but it helped me. It's that frame of yeah. reference thing, right? It's like, okay, yeah. she weighs a hundred and whatever pounds, like. 100, like flat. Okay, and, so and she weighs like. 200 pound sandbag and yeah. carried it 50 feet. Like, First a two pound body weight sandbag. Wrong, though, yeah. That's you and I doing like a 500 pound sandbag, which literally it, 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 that more than a world record, you know what I mean? Even and exist, this right? Yeah. Night at the gym that she did it. You know what I mean? So I, man, and the functional strength, like I try to tell people about sandbags because you know, like no matter who you are, you go bring you up like a case of water or like a, this is heavier than I expected it to be. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like you grab things and you're like, Hey, like, you know, uh, but doing sandbag training, teach you how to pick those things up. So like for somebody, I'm not saying like women or whatever, I'm just saying like people who might not be as strong or didn't grow up being like, Oh, I I do manual labor type of stuff. The idea of picking up like a a case of water or a big bag of dog food or putting it in like a shopping cart is an intimidating thing yeah. or like something they're going to dread or they might need to ask someone for help, which they want to do, right? Like creepers and stuff. So like it's empowering for people to be able to take normal everyday objects, like you're a table in your house and pick it up and move it yourself. Like for a lot of people, that's, that's empowering. Like I, I love sandbags, man. I think they're one of the greatest tools out there. I would. Yeah. I mean, so I, I would say just anybody thinking about it, if you just incorporate some strong, whether that's like a farmer's walk or you know, some kind of strongman element. You don't have to be a strongman. You obviously, you don't have to compete in strong. Like, I, I don't, you know, compete in it or anything anymore. But, like, just incorporating that kind of training is quite a powerful thing to do. And as you said, like, that's real-world functional. That'll help you moving house, right? That'll help you, right. as you said, with the dog food. I think that's a good a good thing for people to kind of, you know, remember. And Because people talk about, like, a deadlift being functional, right? But you've never... 
picked up a barbell and moved it for your buddy, right? It's always like a couch or like a dumb box of books or whatever. And they're like, oh, you're the stronging. You get the heavy stuff. <laughs> so like being able to pick up a big cumbersome object and be able to move well with it safely. And it's, it is a life skill that has been lost. You know what I mean? And it also, when you go back to, I went to back to deadlifting a barbell and you feel like Zeus. You yes. feel like, yes, you're, you like you're like, this thing's all perfectly balanced. It's all, it has knurling. Is, this is exactly. Yeah. I don't ever complain about this. It, it makes a yeah. big difference. And it feels, as you said, more like, I think you it described does. it like a toothpick or something, you know? So I think yeah. that's powerful, even for that. And for people who are really interested in body composition, you know, you're going to get those. If it's a, just a different form of stimulation, a different stimulus, 100%. you're going to yeah. get not necessarily like newbie gains, but you're going to get like, some adaptation that'll come a lot more easily than if you just plugged away with your barbells and your dumbbells, right? Right. Like you do curls all day, go do a go do a sandbag workout and feel your biceps and your forearms and everything, your calves, all kinds of stuff that you weren't expecting just because you're using them in a different sort of way. And exactly. also, man, you can get like primal with sandbag workouts, right? Like when you're grabbing something and throwing it around like it's a, a body, like you're wrestling almost like you trigger into something else that like doesn't really happen as often with like, I don't know, you know, doing like dumbbell overhead press. You know what I mean? Like you can get into it, but like when you're grabbing something and throwing it because you have to literally like force every inch of your body moving as explosively as possible, like it triggers something, man. You like wake up and you're like, you can't, you can't limp into that. You have to go. No, you and know? you can't like, you can't like half ass that, right? Like you have no. to be, you have to go for that. And I think, also, people who are, you know, concerned about aging and losing fast twitch fibers, getting that whole body explosiveness, right? Obviously, hips, but like everything is kind of firing yep. to get you take your body from a class position to open it. And like that, it's a life skill, right? Like as you get older, especially, it's like being able to get on the ground and get back up, being able to move heavy things without hurting yourself. Like these are things that like, if you do not practice, you use or do you lose it? You know what I mean? Because- Man, my grandma, when she was alive, she, I bet I could have taught her deadlifting before I could have taught her how to like move a sandbag, you know, like that's something you have to start learning. Like you, it's, you're never, the best time was yesterday. The next best time is right now. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I think what, one thing as well that I got a lot from you and, you know, I, I was, I was an athlete and I did a lot of athletic stuff, but nobody really ever drilled this into me was the importance of like really bracing down and breathing. Yes. Like, that is one thing that can almost instantly make you stronger. Like I'm not going to instant put a number on it, but like instantly significantly yes. stronger without changing anything. A thousand every single so every seminar that I've ever done, the first thing that I do is we we choose an exercise, say the squat, right? And the first thing I do is go through a 20 minute breathing and bracing seminar where we literally start laying on the ground like little babies with weights on our bellies and we're making our bellies move up and like teaching people diaphragmatic breathing and then how to actually brace in a full 360 degree, how to use your obliques, how to breathe into your lower back. People don't even know that's a thing. And, and then, that's, yeah, but I think, I think that's really powerful as well because I thought I was pretty good at breathing and bracing and like I was reasonably good at it, but yeah. like, I was probably still leaving 20, 30% on the table. Yeah. And the people are truly good out of it. Like you, you watch Ed Cohn do it. Like when Ed Cohn was in his prime and you watch his entire torso, it's like watching like a snake swallow an egg. Like the whole thing just expands. And then you literally get something that is so strong. He's a pillar, right? A literal pillar, like a hydraulic press is what he becomes. And uh, also for injuries, like everyone who's ever hurt their back, would never hurt their back if they had enough air in there because if you have enough air in there, your spine cannot bend enough to hurt. You can't herniate it. You can't like bulge discs. You can't do anything like that because you're stuck in a position. You can't bend it. It's like having a balloon that's overinflated. You can't bend it in half, right? You can't. So, I think man, it, if there's one thing that people can learn, it's that. That and, and watch the Suffer Beautifully video. Yeah, those are the two tasks from, uh, yes. from today. Yes. That's um, so that will change everything lifting. Yeah, absolutely. And I think you, you there's a really good video of that as well. With that, you did something with like a big can of like Monster or Coke or whatever, empty yeah. can, full can. Yeah, I was the first person to do that. A lot of people cheated after me and done that since. Yeah, a lot of so, so go, let's go watch here. the original, right? Let's go watch, yeah, go the, watch the original. Yeah, 
it was, it was literally like 10 years ago or something. Yeah, like seven or eight. Yeah, it was one of your first, yeah. like, actual facing the camera. Yes. One of the first videos that I ever actually taught was breathing and bracing. And that was that was the start, you know? So we're, we're switching gears, and we, we've kind of talked around this a lot and around the kind of things that, that you, you think about and this, these mindset ideas and overcoming setbacks and this the ways that you've kind of, so, some of which, you know, you've grown up with and it's attributable perhaps to your background and some of which, you know, you've actually managed to train yourself with the mindset sure. challenges Definitely. and all that sort of stuff. But i got a question, Brian. How can a doorknob change your life? So, uh, you know, where I I'm definitely going. do. Some, yeah. I do some motivational videos sometimes. Right. Yeah. And uh, at the time I was coaching a lot of people at like a pretty serious level. And um, there's too many times in our lives that we just go and we blow off things because we're not being present or you're worried about what's going to happen or what hasn't happened or what people are going to think of you or a thousand things are going through your mind when really your performance is what thing. So yep. I made a video called how to or not can change your life. And it was all about before a big event. And I, I put it in the context of like a strongman competition. Cause that's what the channel was about specifically at that time. And uh, about how, like when you leave your house to go do whatever event that you're about to do, like <sighs> I'm going to get emotional. Uh, you make a choice. You know what I mean? Like you choose who you're going to be today. Every single time, like every person you're going to interact with, you you choose how you're going to be. Every single time, if you're going to touch a barbell today, you're going to choose how much effort you're going to put in. When you do your job, you're going to decide if you're actually going to do your job or if you're going to go through the motions, like all those things every single day. And uh, it just reminds us that like, do not walk back through that door the same person. Like, if you have something that's important to you, make it important enough and put the effort in enough that when you come back through that door, like you are unrecognizable to yourself in the mirror again. Like you can be proud that you threw it all out there, that you died empty, that you, all things I talk about, you know what I mean? Like truly, truly laying it out there, you know, like, just having the balls to, to quit and start something new. Like never be, you only get one shot at life. You know what I mean? Like fully go for it and recognize the moments when that's happening and choose that today, today is going to be a day that I am going to focus on every single thing. And I'm going to come back a different person. If you can do that even six times a year, if you can do that, you will drastically change your life in the course of a decade. Like yeah. I can't tell you how much having like a purpose like the world gets out of the way of people who know where they're going. That if you can walk, you can walk into the biggest government installation with a clipboard and look like you're supposed to be there and no one's going to ask you what's going on. Yeah. Trust me on that, right? You can do it <laughs> yeah. in the military, you can do it in the government, you can do it in any college. You can do if you look like you're supposed to be there, people don't ask. People get out of your way, right? And yeah. that is a true statement for everything in life. So a doorknob literally by literally deciding today you're not who you were you're who you're going to be today and like all that starts with like who you are right now and who you are five years from now is nothing more than all of the decisions that you decide to make and people are like ah oh, that's easy to say because you don't have bad things happening i'm like i do have bad things happen to me and you get to make a decision <laughs> yeah when those bad things happen how you deal with them right like think- hey yeah People yeah. just let those things slide all the time. And they let life happen to them instead of happening to life. And it's it's disturbing watching it happen right now, you know? I mean, yeah, I, I agree. And I think one of the things that you're so good at is is recognizing things that as opportunities, like each day is an opportunity, even like setbacks, you recognize them as it seems to me as an opportunity, as a way yeah. that you can kind of get better and how okay, this will, just like I've got, you know, lovely calloused hands like you do, but it, it just, it calluses you up, right? It it just builds your, so when the next thing goes wrong, as you said, or like that 2 a.m. phone call, God forbid, whatever it might be, you're better able to deal with it. And look at, look at all the people who in life have hit bottom, right? Like I hit a kind of bottom, uh, 
when I would literally, I would go to doctor and they'd be like, you're the healthiest dying person that we know. Like, we don't know how to fix you, but you're dying. You're going to die. Like, we don't know what to do. I was getting my shoulder for my shoulder surgery. We're doing the, the pre-op right before they put me in the operating room. And they're like, why do you care about your shoulder? You're going to die. I'm like, thanks a lot. <laughs> like it literally, I was having conversations like that. And like, you look at people from like, uh, some individuals that get out of prison, some individuals who like get out of alcohol is anonymous, nar narcotics anonymous. And like you meet those people and sometimes they have the most gratitude out of everyone because they know how, what a gift today is, what your freedom is, what freedom from addiction is, what like those things are. And people who have been through some stuff either get angry or they get grateful, right? Cause you get, everyone suffers like my shirt, right? Like everyone suffers but some people do it beautifully and some people just suck. Right. <laughs> and that's a choice every single day. Like, and that's another it, thing I like to pick up. Like you're good at making. So like, I remember one of the things I was watching one of the videos about, you know, your sleep and, and that sort of thing and how you make a choice. Like, okay, I could be like, you know, kind of nasty to people and I could be like miserable about it, but you make a choice. And like, even if you don't feel like it, you can still make, that choice right and that's 100%. one of the things that i've kind of and i know you've mentioned this and in fact this is something i've always wanted to ask you so like and this is a good way of thinking about it so like physically if you slept for two hours or whatever three hours one hour four hours like if someone came into your house or like there was a tree that had landed on your wife or your dog like you're going to be able to lift it off regardless of whether you what are you going to do <laughs> you're still going to be just as strong right regardless yeah. of whether you slept for two hours or eight hours yeah but so i totally agree i totally agree one thing i wanted to ask you about was how do you think about that over the like the long term do you, do you see what i mean because like i feel like i can get through a certain amount and like i know that one night of sleep which is not a big deal like not going to affect sure. me right no factor yeah. Yep. But then I worry that like if I'm constantly kind of going to the well when it's running a bit dry and I'm getting really tired and I haven't slept for like a week or two, like how do you think about that? I, 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 do you see what I'm getting at? Like that's one. Uh, yeah, I mean everything costs something to sleep is a credit card, right? Like you might not well, pay totally. now, you know, yeah. it's coming. Uh, so I, I mean, are you still I on suffer. Yeah, I you suffer a lot. Like I, I will have like episodes and things because of not sleeping. Um, so that's how it comes out for me. But if I could sleep, I would sleep. Yeah. Like I, I truly can't figure it out. Like I literally today when I get off the call here, I'm going to be talking to people trying to, to to figure things out. It just uh, if I ever found out that secret, I would bottle it and become a millionaire in like oh. <laughs> ten minutes. Because there's so many people who yeah. are suffering with this problem, man. I wish that I could tell people like. Cause like I, everyone knows all the same stuff. Right. Yeah. And everyone will listen to like Huberman and be like, Oh, he's saying the same stuff. Like everyone's saying the same stuff. And if it doesn't work for you, then, then you start looking at like Vegas nerve and, and different things to start calming yourself down, which is again, talking about the mental stuff that I'm trying to get into. And then that's the whole next step. It's, that's the whole next step. I, I would yeah. speak more intelligent about it if I could, you know what I mean? But that's what I'm trying to learn now. But it's, you, you say you're still on the same, like three, four hours a night. You still. I, I will say uh, my sleep is worse now than really? it ever has been. Yeah. I'm, I'm about as bad as I've ever been right now. But you still like what I find in, in inspirational is that you still manage to carry on, right? You wouldn't know it. Like I wouldn't know if I didn't know about your background, I would have assumed you slept seven or eight hours last night, especially well, if you, you see know, the lifting and the, you know, I mean, people, yeah. And, and I mean, now don't get me wrong. I, I'm kind of a freak. I think it's, <laughs> I think it's because I've, I've always been like this, but like, I, I don't get like sleepy is a weird thing for me. Whereas like people who there's a lot of people who are insomnia who like, are just groggy the whole time. They're like, oh, I just want to be in bed. I don't feel like that. I have like a, a I wake up every morning like it's Christmas morning, right? Like I'm like, oh, I could take out the trash today. Like, <laughs> like it doesn't, it doesn't need to be something I'm excited about. I'm just, I'm excited. You know what I mean? And uh, so I don't, I don't get those same feelings very often. That I think a lot of people suffer with. Oh yeah. And so I, I, I really think. I have it easier than some people, but I also think 
every single time that I feel like junk, I make a choice to not take it on anyone else. You know what I mean? Whereas a lot of people don't make that choice. For sure, yeah. Some people, you know, they won't even talk to you before they've had their coffee or whatever. Even right. Like, I think you're very good at making that choice and you're kind of very good at being grateful and recognizing the positives. And I mean, that comes out even like, you know, the, the Suffer Beautifully video, like, and there's some of the things that kind of helps keep things in context, right? Like, oh, I yeah. don't really want to squat today. Oh, my knee's a bit sore. And it's an extreme example, but like the guy without the legs, he'd probably love it if his knee was a bit sore. And he was a bit it's tired. Funny. It's funny. Uh, this guy, he he was number two in the world at time for adaptive strongman. His name's Tommy, Tommy on, and he's an amazing human being. Uh, and he only has one leg, right? And uh, he was coming to the gym with another individual, uh, John Harmon, who had lost both his legs. He was a 82nd Airborne guy and got both his legs blown off. And uh, I'm in the gym getting ready to squat. And Nikolai, world champion Nikolai Myers, is there and he's gonna he's squatting with me and we're we're in it like we're deep in and i wrap up my legs and it's it's above 700 pounds so like i'm in a zone right and like two dudes without legs walk through the door and i look at the guys and i turn and i walk to the squat bar and i do my squat and everyone in the room does the same thing they're like there's two people without legs let we're squatting though that's what we're doing right and we do the squat and uh those guys were so they were so thankful that like we didn't to them that they felt like athletes because we did not treat them any differently right like there's so many people suffering through things whether it be insomnia mental health that don't have bandages like we talked about like alcoholism or narcotics anonymous or anything right people yeah. are going through stuff and not everyone shows up without legs right but thing is how what you expect of people is what you're going to get and those guys when we didn't immediately come over and treat them like everyone else, like, oh, you don't have legs. That, that. Now, at my gym, it was pretty regular for someone to show up without, like, body parts. You know what I mean? Yeah. But uh, that made them feel like this was a place that they could get better because no one was going to treat them like anything. I think – I don't even know where I'm going with this. I have absolutely no idea. But to to take it back to, like, why – when you when you see that, when that's a regular thing, like, it – when people ask why I do what I do, it's because I'm too blessed not to, right? Like I see other people who would die, die to do what I do. It's, and it's like, they didn't want me to come rushing over them and be like, oh, your poor legs. They wanted to see me do what I do because if they were in my shoes, they want to do that. You know what I mean? And I don't know. It's just, it's a different mentality. For sure. And I think one of the things as well is, is as well as that kind of like keeping things in context, you're very good at being, intrinsically motivated right like you don't yes, require music you don't require motivated. like you're mainly uh, obviously with those examples i get it but mainly intrinsically motivated right for the most part oh i i am it doesn't matter who is in the room what music's like none of that it doesn't like make, i can i can go inside my head and two minutes later i can be so emotionally ramped up that literally before i'm deadlifting i will be crying because there's just too much happening inside of me and it's not I'm not sad. I'm just, there's too much happening. Right. And when, when you're able to do that without, you don't need to listen to like slaying puppies music. Like when yeah. people are like, I need to listen. I'm like, you're a child. Like you, you, yeah, you, yeah. Need to, you need to step up your game, like your mental game, because everyone should be able to, to be like, it's game time. And like, cause there's going to be some time in your life when you need to do that. Totally. You know? And I think, one of the benefits of, of you and being so intrinsically motivated is that that doesn't kind of wax and wane. That doesn't come and go, right? Extrinsic motivation will come and go. Intrinsic is like, you, you pretty much have it, right? Like it, it, you can rely on that pretty well. And and action follows motivation. Everyone waits totally. to get motivated before they act, right? But if you just start moving, it's like, uh, I, write, I write a lot of books and all the people that I look when I'm trying to learn about writing, I'll say like, yeah, I, I only write when I'm inspired, but I get inspired every single morning at 9 a.m. Like, <laughs> yeah. like whether yeah. I want to or not, I'm there. And once I start writing, the muse shows up. Like the, it, the, it comes and, and then, then you're able to keep going. And even if it's total trash that day, like showing up at the gym and walking through the door, you won, right? You yeah, get yeah. a little trophy for that one. If you did one set, you get a little trophy. Like stack up those wins, man. You don't need to go in and crush it. Like, it's about but, consistency and making the right choices again and again. And in time, 
it's like building a stone wall or a brick wall, like just adds up. That's truly how everyone yeah. got there. Was it it's, just one brick at a time? And as you said, it's like that compound interest, the auditing your life bit. And it's it's yeah. like, you know, it, it'll add up. And I think I think that's really powerful. And and also knowing that like some days you walk into the gym and you or wherever and you don't feel great. And that actually ends up being a great set. Like you don't necessarily know like whether it's yeah. going to be a good day. Like but if you don't show up, it's not going to be a good day by definition because you didn't show up. Like that's exactly. So yeah. I'm conscious of your time, and I, there are a couple of final questions before we kind sure, of wrap sure. up. Throw them so, out there. Throw them out there. One is I want to kind of ask, like, what advice would you give to 30 year old or 25 year old Brian? So like you've had this such a varied, interesting career, and you've you've hit some some pretty high levels in in some pretty diverse fields. So like, what advice? You're what, 43 now? Is that correct? 43 now. Yeah. Say, if we wind the clock back 10, 15 years, what would you say to, to that young guy who couldn't show his face? I mean, or whatever it be, you know? Uh, I wouldn't change things, right? Because I I got where I am and how it, how it is and stuff like that. But for my whole life, a uh, piece of advice that I took too late was do something every day that scares you. And I'm not saying necessarily like, like spiders scare you, you know what I mean? But like push yourself every single day, push yourself, whether it be in your conditioning session, like, or choosing to do your conditioning session, showing up at the gym, or like if you're afraid of heights, like go stand out on a balcony, like someplace that's safe, but like push yourself, like challenge yourself imposed limits because they're nothing more than self-imposed limits. Those are the two like words, right? Would, yeah. Self-imposed. Yeah. yeah. A hundred percent. And like the same way that like I thought 455 pounds was a great deadlift. It's because I was in a really small tank and everyone puts themselves in a really small tank. And if you are able to constantly seek out challenge, get little wins against things that you super dread or you're scared of. And again, not necessarily scared in the traditional sense, but like, I'm scared of public places it, like that. I dread it. I get anxiety. I don't like it. I don't want to be around it, but like, I need to expose myself to it. I need to, right? Like I can't run from those things. And to a bigger extent, someday you, you do crazy things and to lower extents other days, but every single day, don't stop sharpening that sword. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think that's, so I wish, I wish earlier someone would have been like, Hey dummy, like start, start pushing out of those limits a little earlier. You know what I mean? Go study abroad, go do something like, don't just like once, once I tendency like get comfortable and want to like stay there for a little bit, you know? And like, I really wish that someone would have been like, slap me, been like, Hey, I know you want to hang out with you, like your college buddies. Cause they're so cool. But like, go live in Brazil for two years. Like go see what that's like, right? Yeah, like yeah. what that would have changed my perspective of life. And it got changed later with working with the government, but like, uh, I come from a very small town with like all the same people who look alike. I wasn't exposed to different things in my world. And like how my life would have changed if like earlier in life, I was willing to like go to other countries and see other cultures and understand, like it just, it would have, it, I, again, I wouldn't change anything, but like if I can encourage people to push themselves out of their little self-imposed comfort zones, that would be the number one thing to do daily daily cold plunge just do that do something stupid that's hard right thank you for listening to the unfiltered podcast if you've got this far i hope you won't mind if i ask you to leave a five-star review when you get the chance we'd really appreciate it and don't forget you can access all of our exclusive unfiltered video interviews and features at unfilteredonline.com and the unfiltered extra youtube channel see you next time